Today we're continuing the subject of lighten the load. How many of you know that you need to lighten the load every once in a while? Last week we talked about lightening the load in your faith, and I kind of had some stuff up here, and, and uh, so I have people coming in today saying, okay, now what are you going to do today? So today we're going to talk about not lightening the load in your faith, but today we're going to talk about lightening the load in your family. And so as you look behind me today, you see some things that kind of symbolize uh, the family. You see the table, hopefully, that you gather together, and that's that time that you spend uh, with one another. Uh, you see also on the, on the side over here, you know, some bicycles and golf clubs and balls and all that symbolizes some recreation. Uh, if you have ch children, it symbolizes how many weeks you're going to spend during the summer at the ballpark, Right? And then on this side over here, you have, you know, a lab coat, you've got a hard hat and some things that symbolize work. And here's what I found out is that the majority of adults spend most of their time at work or asleep. I mean, it's just the way life is. We are either sleeping or we're working. Uh, but God has, has called us together uh, to put all this together. So I'm going to ask you this morning, uh, today, to take your Bibles and go to the book of Ephesians, if you would. We'll start there today. And as you're doing that, let me greet those who are joining us in our campuses today. And we've prayed for you today, and we believe that God is going to minister there by the power of His Word, because the Word of God says His Word will not return void. And so as you join with us today, uh, we are believing and expecting Expecting God to minister there just as greatly as he's going to minister here through his word. The book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 33 says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife. Some people ought to get that one. Anyway, his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, just keep on there. Verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and in the admonition of the Lord. Now I want to tell you something. In the society in which we live day in and day out, if you have not figured it out yet, the family is under attack. It, it is the one institution that I think above everything else in our society is bombarded on a regular basis trying to destroy, trying to tell us that we do not need uh, a husband and a wife, that we do not need a family to stay together, that it's a bad thing to stay together for the kids. I mean, we hear all kind of stuff week in and week out telling us that the family is not important. Every sitcom makes fun and makes the father look stupid. Stupid. Now you think about it for a minute. Even the ones you like, even, even some of the ones uh, that just you know were on a few years ago, I can name a couple of them. Remember Tool Time? Tim the Tool Man Taylor was an idiot. When it came to anything with his family, he messed it up. Everybody Loves Raymond, one of the highest rated shows ever. Did Raymond ever get it right? He was always getting it wrong in his family. Whatever it was with the family, he was always messing up. And yet, when you begin to study the Word of God, what you find is, is that before God did anything else upon this earth in the part of creation, once he brought creation into being, was he put the family together. 
In fact, the Bible says that he looked at Adam after Adam had been created, this crowning achievement of God. And, and he looked at Adam, and, and he brings by all the animals, and he says, you know, is there anybody, is there anything that I've created that, that can bring companionship to Adam? And as they all come by, Adam says, nope, not interested, not what I need. And God says, I know what he needs. And the Word of God says that God put Adam into a deep sleep. He reached inside of him. He took out a rib, and out of that, he formed a woman. Woman, and, and he put them together. And the Bible says that, that those two would become one flesh. In fact, let me tell you something. God created a family before he created the church. Before God instituted any religious symbols or religious organisms, God created the family first. Don't you think that if God created the family as the highest achievement of creation, that you and I ought to place some importance on the family? I mean, but our families are under attack. We are constantly seeing that there's always the process of, of everything coming against our families. And so today, uh, whether you are here today and you are in a marriage or you are in a family or you're a part of something, I want to tell you the family is vitally important and we need to learn how to make the family flow. But the problem is this, is that because of all the structure of society, the burden of the family gets tough sometimes. How many of you remember years and years ago, for a lot of us, uh, when you first started dating, you thought you could live on love, right? And, and things, you know, you, you'd say, oh, you know, we, we'll make it. We can make it. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know I, I, you know, I know I don't have a job, but we're in love, baby. We're in, right? And then you got married and found out that love wasn't enough that you had to have some finances and you had to take care of the house and you had to mow the yard and you had to do the stuff of life and the sad thing is is that a lot of times in our marriages because of all the routine of life and all the structure that comes into a family that we lose what God has called us to, and that is to the joy of the family. You really ought to enjoy one another. You ought to enjoy your children. I know sometimes you want to Velcro them to the wall and leave them. I know there are moments that they take you over the edge, you know, from about the point of, I don't know, oh, about 14 to 18. It's just, you know, constant. But you'll get through it, I promise. We did. And, and the, the whole process is, is that we, we lose because of all the things that happen. We lose the, the real joy that ought to be there. And then even our marriages and even our families just become routine. Those of you who are single parents here, I know that you have a, a very, very heavy load in your life. But I want to tell you today that your family still can be a joy if you learn how to lighten the load just a little bit. And so I want to show you, I want to give you some keys this morning and how you go about lightening the load in your family. The first thing is in connection. You've got to be connected. Now, what do I mean by connection? I mean this, in communication. You, you know what? You've got to talk to one another. Amen. 
I mean, in, in your relationship, whether it's your children or, or, or your spouse, if you are going to have a successful relationship as a family, you've got to learn to talk. Now, I understand. Men, watch this, men uh, are headlines. Women are fine print. You ask a man, how did the day go? What does he say? Fine. I'll come home and, we'll, you know, everything. She said, what would you do at the office today? I worked. Anything happen? Nope. Now, what that means is, is that nobody got killed and I didn't fire anybody. Outside of those two way up here, everything else is fine and no, nothing happened today. But if, if and I don't want to get in too much trouble on the very beginning of this sermon, but if you've, if you've ever asked a woman, how her day is or how her day was, you better get ready. As T.D. Jake says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because women have a propensity, by and large, to, to, to explain things rather well. How about that? That worked? That works? All right. And, 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 you know, to, to extrapolate out the colors and the smells and the aromas and all the stuff. And, and as guys, if we're not careful, we're, we're just wanting her to get to the point. Just get to the point. Just tell me what happened. What was the guy who wrote the book? You know, uh, I forget, men are from Venus, women are from Mars, or vice versa. You know, we're, we're from two different planets. We're from two. And, you know, some days I almost believe that. But, but I want to tell you, if you really want your family relationship to be light, you, you've got to learn uh, how to communicate. You've got to learn how to connect uh, with one another. Now, now, there's some different levels of communication. I'll go through them real quickly. There's the cliche level. Uh, that's just how you're doing fine. Have you ever asked people, even, even coming into church at times, we go, hey, how you doing and you you really don't want to know I mean you you really want them to say oh I'm, I'm doing great and keep going I mean you're I'm standing at the gas station sometimes somebody will pull up I'm pumping gas and go hey how you doing I do not care I don't want them to start telling me how they're doing I'm just trying to be you know kind of kind of nice Hey, how you doing? That's just cliche. It's just not really wanting to know, not just really trying to, uh, to be involved in. The, the second level is kind of the reporting of the facts. It's kind of that dragnet Sergeant Joe Friday thing, just the facts. You know, we just kind of lay out, well, here's, here's what happened, here's what took place, here's, 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 and, and it's just that. And, and that's a little bit better than the cliche, but the sad truth is, is that a lot of relationships never get past these top two. It's always just, hey, how are you? I'm, okay, I'm great. And, and here, what happened today? Boom, 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 boom. This is it. And, and we never really move into true communication. You know what I found out a lot that happens in families is that whether it's dealing with our children or our children listening to us or with each other, that we really don't understand what the other person said. Have you ever said, I heard you say such and such, and they say, I didn't say that? You know, the, the reason is, is because they didn't say that, but you heard them say that. What they said was this, and you heard that. And so all of a sudden, there's this, uh, as what I want to call intense fellowship, begins to happen because of miscommunication. 
And, and so we, we dwell in this, in this part. And, and then the, the third aspect of communication is, is where you begin to kind of dig into it a little bit. It's where you discuss ideas and begin to express your opinions. And, and here's what I've found through the years. If you denigrate the idea or the opinion of the person who's talking to you, they very quickly shut down. If you make them feel less than because their idea is not as important, and, and men are really good at this, but women are too. I have watched women make men feel like pure five-year-old idiots because their idea wasn't the greatest or the best. But we've, we've got to understand that, that when you begin to pour ideas out and you begin to give opinions, that that is a person who is now beginning to open themselves up to you and they are desiring for you to receive them and to respond to them in like manner, not to denigrate their idea. The idea may not be the best, but you've got to learn how to deal with that. The fourth aspect is when you begin to communicate at the level of feelings and emotions. I feel this, or this made me feel like, and, and I want to tell you, that is, that is one of the deepest levels of communication in a family. Have you, have you ever dealt with a small child and, and their toy breaks, and they come in with that toy, and they are wailing at the top of their lungs? right? My toy broke. And we go, as adults, we go, that's no big deal. Right? But to that child, their world just came apart. And they have come to mama or daddy, and they are wanting, they are expressing their feelings, they are expressing their emotions, and they are wanting you to come into their world and to fix it, not to tell them they're just being a baby. Well, hallelujah, I'm just on the first point. There's three more. The last and final aspect of connection and communication is complete trust and truth. Just, just where you're, you're totally vulnerable, you just lay it out there. I want to tell you, number one is, um, I read something years ago that said if you have three friends in your life who are true friends, that you can just be yourself, they know everything about you, you need to consider yourself a very blessed person. And I have worked hard through my life to have at least three people that I can just be, they, they know everything about me, they know the good, the bad, and then the ugly. And they still love me. You need that, though, in your family, in your marriage, in your uh, every aspect of what's going on, that in, in that life that you can be so vulnerable, that you can be just truthful about what's happening, how you're feeling. Uh, and as you do that, then the marriage begins to be able and the family begins to be able to move forward into everything that God has. If you don't ever get there, you're never going to truly experience the joy that your family can be, the joy that your relationship can be uh, to one another if, you ne if you're always walking on eggshells it's not going to be a very pleasant journey and you're going to be very, very I mean you're, you're going to sit at the table and sit at either, each end and one of you is going to read the back of one cereal box and somebody else is going to read the back of the other cereal box 
And that's going to be what life is. And I want to tell you, that's a roommate, not a companion. Let's move on. The second thing to lighten the load in your family is, is that every family needs direction. We need, we need connection, but we need direction. Now, what do I mean by that? Every family needs some consistent boundaries. The worst thing you can do for your family is to always be changing the rules. You need consistent boundaries in your family. You, your, your children need to know what does this family stand for. What, one of the greatest tragedies that ever happens to a family is when a, a mother or a father has laid out what the boundaries are. And maybe, maybe the boundary is we're going to go to church, we're going to live for God, we're going to serve Him, we're going to live our lives according to Scripture. And then all of a sudden, that parent, for whatever reason, gets turned aside and they begin to break all the rules that they have laid out. And it brings devastation to those kids because now that which has been consistent has now been thrown aside because mom or dad decides they want to have whatever they want to have at that moment, and the boundaries are no longer there. Listen, I want to tell you something. Everybody listen carefully to me. Your children in your family, they don't need a best friend. They need somebody to give them some boundaries. Now, as they, you know, as they approach their older teenage years and they move in to adulthood, then, yes, you become a friend to them. But, but I have seen parents try to be friends with six-year-olds. A six-year-old does not need a friend. Not you. A six-year-old needs a daddy or a mama who's going to stand there and say, if you play in the street, I'm not coming out there with you. I'm not going to hold your hand and dodge cars with you. We're going to take care of some business when you get home. Now you can interpret that the best way you need to. I want to get certain agencies after me. Here's what we've got to understand this morning is that boundaries really bring protection. Now, your boundaries don't have to be the same as somebody else's boundaries. In, in our family, we set boundaries as our children were growing up. These are the things that we do. These are, this is how we live. This is, this, these are just, you know, I mean, a boundary in your family, maybe when you come in the house, take your shoes off. This is what we do in a family. This is what we take our shoes. We don't, we don't tromp through the house. Well, if I go to, you know, somebody else's house, they don't have that boundary. Fine, you're in a different place. Everybody, but you've got to have some boundaries. You know, we set boundaries with, with our children as they were growing up. There were certain movies they couldn't watch. There were certain uh, games they couldn't play. There were certain type of music they couldn't listen to. And they would always come back and say, well, so-and-so's parents at church let them And I just look at them and say, isn't that sweet? That's just lovely. Don't you wish you were their kid? But I'm your daddy. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. And this is what I said in this house. This is what your mom and I have decided. I know everybody's going to such and such a movie. I know everybody's going to such and such a show. I know everybody's, I, I understand that. But as 
for me and my house. This is the direction this family goes in. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about dictatorship. But I am talking about some consistent boundaries in the family. That can, you listen, the reason they put guardrails on the side of a mountain is not because they don't want you to enjoy the scenery. Well, you're not letting me have any fun. And then we do that even, you know, come on, guys, you can, listen, just as easily as you can throw your pants in the floor, you can hang them up or throw them in the, in the hamper. Help your wife out. Oh, I see, I'm binding the spirit big time now. <laughs> well, it's just the way I live. Well, stop it. Grow up. You're not 14 anymore. I know your room was a pigsty then. Clean it up. Get it right. I mean, come on. Let's, let's, let's come to that. These are the boundaries of our family. These, this is the direction we're going in. Listen, don't, let, let, i got to hurry. Don't tell your kids, put your clothes up, and then your room look like a pigsty. It's not consistent. You've I'm preaching good whether I'm saying, thus saith the Lord or not. <laughs> Lighten the load of your family. Get the, direct, get the boundaries right. The, the, the third aspect that you've got to have after direction is you've got to have correction. Ephesians 6.1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. When, when we begin to, to do that, there, there are some aspects here that I want to run through quickly uh, that, that I want you to see. Uh, when, when you bring correction... Whether it's in, now listen, I want to tell you something. The, the same scripture that talks about wives submit to your husbands, if you'll back up just a couple of verses, it will talk about mutual submission. There are some times that husbands have to bring correction, there are some times wives have to bring correction. There are sometimes parents have to bring correction, and we need to all be open to correction because everybody has got some blind spots, and you need to be open to that. Now, now listen, let, let me give you some things about correction. First of all is don't underestimate the problem. I'm going to preach because I want you to get this. When you start underestimating the problem when your children are, are 10 and 11 years old, when they get to be 15 and 16 years old and they've got their own car and they're already out there running wide, open, you can't pull the reins in at that point. Well, that's just the way that, isn't that funny? Uh, you know, he just tears up. That's just, you need to break. This is not, this is not something to laugh at. This is something you need to handle now because when they get as big as you are, you can't take care of it anymore. Where in the world did we start celebrating sin anyway? Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we celebrate their rebellion. We celebrate all the stuff that happens. And then when they get old enough to really bring some stuff that destroys the family, we go, well, you know, it's just the way kids are nowadays. Boy, I really thought this was going to be a lot better sermon than this. I can tell by your faces you're not enjoying this. But it's still the truth. See, 
Don't underestimate the problem, but don't exaggerate the problem either. You know, don't go, I've, I've heard people say, that kid's just a heathen. He's going to wind up in a penitentiary by the time he's 17. Well, you know what I heard years ago is the, the guy that does a lot of prison ministry, his last name is Barber. He said one day he was at a prison, and he was talking about the expectation that his father had. He was a professional ball player. He said, my dad expected me. And expected me. He said when he got done preaching that day to that prison, he said there were thousands of inmates there. He said they lined up. He said, I stood there for hours as these prisoners came by, and one after the other said to me, said, uh, said Mr. Barber, my father expected me to wind up in prison. See, when you exaggerate the problem, when you make it worse than it is, then you set your direction in ways that you don't want to. Uh, thirdly, i got to hurry. you got to list the possible solutions. What's the solutions? Listen, th- this is a hands-on sermon today. I'm just going to tell you, this is not one you're going to shout about and run around the church about. This is one that if you'll take what I'm giving you today and you'll put it in your family, you can lighten the load and your family can become a joy to you all over again. Uh, the fourth aspect there is don't underestimate your potential to solve it don't expect the school to solve it don't expect the church to solve it don't expect your neighbors to solve it if you can't control the situation why do you think that we're going to be able to control the situation you've got a much more than we've got them Lastly, seek help if needed. If you need help, seek it. I mean, you know, if, if in our, our, our marriages or in our families somebody gets sick, we don't mind going to the doctor. But we'll have an upside-down, tore-up home in every dimension, and we won't go to anybody until we're facing divorce court and standing in front of the judge. Why is it that we wait until the thing is irreparable before we decide to deal with it? I know I'm getting a little loud. But I'm just tired of seeing the family destroyed. So we've got to bring correction. Lastly, I know these first three have been a little. The last thing you've got to bring is you've got to bring affection. Ephesians says, husbands, love your wives as just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Not only should we, as husbands or wives, love each other, but we also should love our children. They need to feel that love. And, and it's interesting, and I, I want to be careful, and I definitely want to keep this PG rated this morning. But it's interesting how that men think that affection is only one thing. I'll keep on going. And yet we know that our wives need more than that. It's interesting how that we think we can step into our family. We've been absent all week long. We haven't given any affection to anybody. And then we want to hammer down and bring in the direction and the correction I want to tell you dads listen to pastor carefully if you are an absentee dad and you don't show affection to your wife and you don't show affection to your children you don't have the right to bring correction to the family 
because it is your love. The Bible says that you're to love your wife, and I think that is, extrapolates out to your family. You are to love them as Christ loved the church, and he gave himself for it. In all of our lives, we make choices daily. We make choices whether or not we are truly going to live an abundant life or if we're just going to go through the routine. What I've taught you this morning, what I've put out to you today is not some theoretical pie in the sky and the sweet by and by teaching. If you would take those four points that I have given to you today and you would begin to apply those to your family, I guarantee you your family would begin to function better and you would begin to see the goodness of God showing up and all of a sudden the joy of the Lord would come back to this relationship which God put together before he put anything else together. I, I just believe we ought to enjoy one another. As you get older, you begin to look back at life. And all of us who have children now who have left home, every one of us without exception can remember times when we wish we could go back and spend more time with our children. But in the middle of life, we run past that. So let me, as an elder this morning, talk to some of those of you who are younger. Slow down and enjoy the journey. Because I know you're 29 and you don't think you'll ever be 50. But you will turn around twice and you'll be my age and you'll turn around once and you'll be 70 and you'll turn around half a time again and you'll be home with Jesus because life flies I never have regretted spending two and three hours at a ballpark in the evening when my kids were playing I never felt, in fact, I made it pretty much a law. I was going nowhere else. If my kids were playing ball and I was in town, I was there. Something happened at church, it just had to happen. Because my children needed to know that their father was not just the preacher, that he was their father. Did I do everything right? Not even close. But that was one thing I got right. I would challenge us this morning to look at our lives, look at our families. Some of you are like Sherry and I, you're empty nesters. Some of you moved into the grandparent stage. Some of you are just beginning life as a family. Wherever you are on the spectrum, I would challenge you to take what I've said today. If you didn't get all the notes, a couple of weeks from now, you can go on the website and you can download these notes. And you can sit there and you can say, what are we doing as a family?
to really make a difference in the future. The, the, the one thing that I would say to you today is this. Everything else you do will pale in comparison to the importance of your family. And I know some of you are in dysfunctional situations. But I'm telling you, there's nothing more important than your family. No perfect family, family, no perfect parents, no perfect children. No perfect wife, no perfect husband, although I'm pretty close. If you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. But what I do know is this, is that if we are trying to lighten the load a little bit, our families can really achieve what God has for us.